Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. This episode is sponsored by REN, where you can calculate your carbon footprint, then offset it by funding climate-positive projects. More about REN later. March 18th is Global Recycling Day, and honestly, I'm not sure how popular this quote-unquote holiday is, because I know that there's the National Recycling Day that takes place in November, but I wanted to take this opportunity to share an interview that I did for my radio show a couple of weeks ago with the director of Keep Noonan Beautiful. This is a city-funded organization in my hometown of Noonan, Georgia. Keep Noonan Beautiful is an affiliate of Keep America Beautiful and a local affiliate of Keep Georgia Beautiful. And basically, their website says that their mission is to educate, motivate, and empower local individuals to take greater responsibility for improving our local community environment through litter prevention beautification, and waste reduction. So one of the big things that they do is talk about like recycling, local recycling. They have different green spaces. They do trash pickups. They do events every month or so to like get paint recycling, to do paper shredding, um, tire recycling, um, so it's just a great organization um, that I've kind of started working with. And like I said, I interviewed the director on my radio show. If you guys don't know, I have a local radio show in my hometown. It's a weekly show. And sometimes I'll play like replays of the podcast. But I also like to talk to local people, you know, about green things. Normally on the podcast, I only have women of color, but I live in the suburbs in Georgia and there aren't very many women of color here. So the director of Keep Noonan Beautiful is not a woman of color, but she offers a lot of really helpful tips when it comes to recycling. Um, she busted some common myths. And I wanted to share that with you. But as this is playing, I want you to keep in mind that recycling varies from place to place. You know, what is able to be recycled in one city or one county is going to be different in another county or state, especially. But Paige does offer a lot of good information about recycling and at the end of the day, it's definitely important to do your research to see what types of recycling protocol is in your town or county. I mentioned at the beginning of this year that I really wanted to get more involved locally. 
I have been working with Keep Noon and Beautiful. I'm helping Paige make some videos about how people can, you know, like recycle more locally. And we're going to do a video about stormwater drains because apparently people like try to put mattresses down the storm drains and people will pour paint down there. And since I've been working with Paige, I have learned how important it is to educate people because sometimes people just don't know how to recycle. You see the triangle with a number in the middle of it on some, you know, some type of plastic. And you think that just because it has that symbol that it's recyclable. And that is not always the case. So it's very important to educate people on how to recycle, what things can and can't be recycled. And it's up to us as stewards of the earth, as we are learning things, to share that with our communities, whether it be your mom or your friend, or if you do have some type of wider scale influence in your community, it is really important to share our knowledge with other people because a lot of times people just don't know. I was at a place recently that had recycle bins and trash cans, and it also had a compost trash can type thing. And the compost thing says for food waste. And I looked inside (laughs) and there was like a Chick-fil-A bag in there. And it's like, okay, Yes, I guess technically that's food waste, but there's a way in which that needs to be thrown in there. You can't throw the whole bag inside of there. That's trash then, you know, and I just feel like that's people not understanding how compost works. You know, if you knew how composting works, then you would know that you can't just throw the whole package in there. Yeah, just education is so important. And one of our ways to be effective, sustainable brown girls and friends of sustainable brown girls is to share our knowledge with with everybody and not in an annoying way. (laughs) You know, like we can be educational and be, you know, like friendly and not be like super annoying and make someone feel bad about the way that they have been doing things. But we can, you know, tell them nicely and kindly and just educate them in a lighthearted way. So do keep that in mind on this Global Recycling Day and going forward that we should continue sharing our knowledge with people so that we can make more of an impact and, you know, inspire other people to rethink the way that they have been doing things. Now, before we get into this interview... I'm actually only sharing part of the interview. The whole thing will be on YouTube, but I'm just sharing the part of our interview where we talk about recycling. But before we get into that, I also wanted to give an update on my local running for office story time. I posted a podcast about a month ago now about my experience with being invited to run for local office. I have made my decision and I want to share that with you all. Just to give a quick recap, 
I was texted by the Democratic Party of Georgia at the beginning of the year, letting me know that there are some political seats up for re-election in my district. The one that I was most interested in was county commissioner. So I went to a couple of meetings about it. Um, I don't think I told you guys about the second meeting I went to, but after the second meeting, I, yeah, I made my decision that I'm not going to run for office. I would recommend that you go back and listen to part one of the story if you're interested. But in the second meeting, I was able to talk with the with one of the current county commissioners now. There are five on the board of county commissioners. Four of them are old white men Republicans. And one of them is a older black man Democrat. So in my district, there is a old white Republican who is the incumbent and he's probably going to run again. So I would be running against him. He apparently, you know, is a big Trump supporter and, you know, that, that kind of vibe. So after talking with the black man who is the who is one of the current commissioners in a different district from mine, he I don't know if it was intentional, but in some ways he discouraged me from running. And like I said, he he didn't say outright you shouldn't run. And he, you know, I don't think that he was intentional with the words that he chose, but with the words that he chose saying that, oh, there will probably be mudslinging. You probably won't win. (laughs) And so I'm just like, okay, just the idea of having to run against someone who probably has deep red ties within the city and the county. Running for office has never been a goal of mine. You know, it was just something that kind of fell into my lap and, you know, not not in a easy way, but it was just something that came onto my radar, we'll say. So I was interested. It piqued my interest interest because, you know, it's so important to have representation and with my county growing and there being more people coming from places who aren't necessarily as conservative as the city has been, you know, I think that there is a possibility of it flipping, especially, you know, Georgia flipped in the last election. That's something that hasn't happened in decades. So Georgia's definitely on the rise when it comes to being less conservative, but I don't think it's my mission to help push it further in that way. And two, I was driving through the county, through my district. There are lots of Trump flags. There's a Confederate flag that I drive by fairly often. You know, I'm not the type of person who's like very strong willed or like very strong with my words and strong with my beliefs to where I feel like I can debate somebody on something or really stand up for myself (laughs) in some ways. So yeah, I don't think being a politician, especially in 
a deep red county is going to be beneficial for my mental health or really propelling me onto the journey or the path that I'm trying to pursue. So due to all of those things, I am not going to be running for office this year. Who knows, maybe in a few years down the line, once someone else has paved the way to make it a little bit easier, (laughs) then maybe I would consider again. But yeah, it's just not something that's on my radar. Fortunately, I did get an email today from the county, like county Democrats, that someone did register in my county who is a Democrat and who cares about conservation. And it's in like a middle-aged white woman. So I think that she may be more successful than I would be. So I'm definitely going to rally behind her. I'm going to vote for her and wish her all of the best with becoming a county commissioner in my district because we really do need more representation and, um, you know, not just people of color, although that's important, but women and just Democrats when you are in a deep red state or county. So that's the end to my local running for office saga But I do want to encourage anyone else who is interested in running for office to definitely look into it. Um, There are a lot of resources for women and for people of color from Democrats. Um, So I put some links in the previous episode. I'll also put some links down in the show notes of this episode for anyone who may be interested in running for office. I would, you know, highly encourage you to do so if you feel like that's something that is your calling. Um, We definitely need, again, more representation. Now, before I get to my interview with Paige from Keep Noonan Beautiful, I want to remind you all to please leave a review for the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful to getting people to discover the show. And, you know, we all want to spread the word of sustainability and to highlight women of color within this movement. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please do consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. A link to all that is in the show notes. And if you are not following Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram, like what are you even doing? Go follow us and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured. I also want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Ren. Ren is a website where you calculate your carbon footprint, then offset it by funding climate positive projects. By answering a few questions about your lifestyle on Ren, you can find out your carbon footprint and how you can reduce it. Of course, no one can reduce their carbon footprint to zero, but we're all doing our best. When I calculated my carbon footprint with Wren, it came up to 16.9 tons of carbon dioxide, which is a little less than average for the typical American. With Wren, you're able to sign up to make a monthly contribution to offset your carbon footprint by investing in projects you support. 
One of the projects that I think is really cool is providing clean burning fuel and cook stoves for refugees in Uganda. This prevents deforestation, reduces cooking emissions, and lowers the risk of lung damage. Ren will keep you updated on how each dollar is spent and who the project is helping. It will take a lot to end the climate crisis, but you can start helping today by learning more on Ren.co. Thanks again, Ren, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's hear from Paige Beckwith from Keep Noon and Beautiful. Again, I want to reiterate that different recycling programs are going to have different practices and different requirements on how you can recycle things. Just use this as a guide for things that maybe you thought could be recycled or things that, you know, can't be recycled or, you know, just some general ideas on how recycling is beneficial. So keep that in mind as you're listening to this. If you want to see the full interview with Paige about what Keep Noonan Beautiful is and the different programs that they offer, then head over to our YouTube channel and check out that video. The link is in the show notes. All right, so here's my interview with Paige Beckwith of Keep Noon and Beautiful. Well, while we're on the topic of recycling, let's um, talk more about like local recycling, because I know that there's a lot of myths and misconceptions when it comes to things that can be recycled and how things should be recycled. So can you just talk about some of the top misconceptions that, you know, that, that are around recycling and then maybe some local recycling tips? Sure. So, oh gosh, there's so many misconceptions. <laughs> First of all, we always have those people who go, I recycle everything. And I, yeah. I it kind of, I, I get a little nervous when I hear that because a lot of times I think very well-intended people recycle everything with the assumption that everything that goes in your, um, your curbside recycling, for example, because we have curbside within the city limits, they'll put everything that's plastic in there because it's plastic. And they think mm-hmm. that you can recycle plastic and it doesn't matter if it's a hose or if it's, um, you know, your water bottle, or if it's part of the plastic case on your phone that you don't need anymore because it's plastic. And so I think it's very important to make sure that people are very um, specific and detailed when it comes to recycling. I think as a community and, and really as a nation, we got super lazy about it. And that's really what's put a lot of our recycling industry into kind of a tailspin at different times. Um, you know, just because it's plastic doesn't mean it can go in your recycling bin. I was super guilty of always putting those berry containers, the mm. little clamshell berry containers. I was recycling those because they're PET and that's a number that we recycle. Inevitably, I think we unintentionally contaminate the loads and contaminate the recycling. So it's unable to be used in the way that we would want it to be used or that I think is intended when we discuss recycling. So, um, so I think that's one of the, the you know misconceptions that you can recycle everything. So I think that's important. Make sure... If you're not sure what you can recycle, reach out to somebody in your community where you take your recycling. I think that's important. I hope to always be that voice and that, um, you know, that person with that extra information. So you don't have to keep it all stored up here and you don't have to get on Google 18 times. Um, But what we recycle here through our community is not going to be the same as what we recycle in Troop County or Mm -hmm. in New York. Like I have had some great residents that have moved from New York or California and what they would could recycle up there 
they made the assumption they could do that here and they can't. So I think mm -hmm. it's, it's important to realize that you cannot recycle everything everywhere. And it's, it's a shame that it's like that, but it just is. Um, I think the other thing is, and I've heard a lot of this lately, um, is that everything in the recycle bin goes to the garbage. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. Um, unfortunately, I think it, in some, in some cases it is, I think it's a problem. Um, I think during COVID when we had a lot of, um, there were a lot of absences, we had some delays with our service and, and every community across the state and the nation, I think we're going through this as well. Um, certainly I think there were times that it probably all got commingled and they, we were just grateful for them to pick up our trash, you know, yeah. um, when you're a week behind on trash service and you've got 40,000 residents that are unhappy because they've got garbage in their cans, you just have to do what you have to do. Um, and so certainly there were some moments, I think, you know, during that process where we had a few hiccups, um, but from what we understand and from talking to um, our partners at, at, at Public Works and then also at GFL, um, the recycling trucks are back rolling. There's, you know, they're back doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and they want us to do our part certainly as well. Um, so all recycling does not go to the landfill. Like people, some people like to say that, but there are certain things that you can do to keep it out of the garbage. You know, there's certainly, um, a lot of contamination that occurs. And if you throw, for example, a plastic garden hose in your recycle bin, because it's plastic, you've just contaminated the load. Like you have now made it a problem for that particular truck of recycling to go and be recycled properly. Um, another misconception I think is pizza boxes. This is a random one to talk about, and we can certainly talk about this, but I think everybody assumes that just because it's cardboard, that it can be recycled. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's got grease, if it's got cheese, if it's got that leftover paper from the pizza place that's in there and you just throw that in the recycle bin, cause it won't be a big deal. Cause they're just going to recycle it anyway. Don't do that. You can't, it's contaminated. They don't want that. They don't want the pizza. You know, some of those I think are probably our biggest misconceptions. Um, I think the other thing is, I think a lot of times people think there's not an industry for it and that's completely inaccurate. We actually in Georgia have one of the largest um, industries for recycling materials or remaking materials, you know, like cardboard and other things into new cardboard or new containers and things like that. There's 15 different companies in the state of Georgia that actually use recycled paper and recycled cardboard. So it's very wow. important that we recycle that. Um, there's three different companies and probably more at this point that I can think of um, that recycle glass. And um, one of them is strategic. They're out of Forest Park and they actually have to go out of state because they don't get enough glass recycling. Wow. Um, they don't get enough glass materials to accommodate the orders that they have for new product that they make out of old products. So, um, you know, there's many, many, many different businesses that rely on recycled materials and using recycled materials saves, like we were talking earlier, it saves emissions, it saves expense, um, you know, there's so many different ways that it benefits the environment by just reusing something that they've already made from um, original material and not having to, to reformulate it and, and make it all brand new again. Um, it really makes a huge difference. So, you know, definitely recycle whenever you can because we have industries that are begging for it um, and that need it desperately. Local recycling. So we've been working with our program really hard. We had a couple of hiccups. We couldn't get into the schools as much, obviously during covid um, and then also speaking in groups, um, unless it's been on Zoom, has been a little bit limited, though that's opening up again, which is wonderful. Um, but trying to figure out how to communicate correctly what to recycle in our, you know, curbside recycling for the city has been a huge, um, it's been a learning curve for me, no pun intended. But I think that um, 
that finding the right way to communicate the right things that we get the information we get from our hauler, which, you know, when we use materials are currently our trash hauler, whose GFL picks it up, then from there, they take it back to their facility and then combine it all and send it to the MRF, which is the material recycling facility. Um, the group that, that they use is Pratt, which is out of um, Conyers. They're in the Conyers area over there. Um, and the things that Pratt wants to take, um, you know, I think is what we really need to be marketing to our residents. Like I, I've been putting it out there in ads a lot. We've had it on social media and we've had it actually in the paper as well. And I think it's been interesting because I've gotten some great comments from residents that maybe didn't realize that you you don't put glass in our recycling bins anymore. The city has not taken glass in their recycling in our, our recycling bins for the curbside. It's been 10 years. Wow. And there's still residents that are still putting their glass in that recycling bin. But so locally here, if you live inside the city limits of Noonan, you can recycle um, plastic, aluminum, cardboard, and paper. And you want to be really intentional on the type of plastic, I feel like. Um, I never really focused on that before when I would talk to groups and schools and kids and things like that. But from what I'm hearing is that most companies want jugs, jars, and bottles that are plastic because of um, a lot of times their equipment in those material recycling facilities is not up to date with the new packaging that we have um, mm -hmm. here in our community. So like those clamshells for berries and things um, that are new shape sizes, those are not able to go through the current MRF that we have. So a lot of times those get put to the side, not because they can't be recycled, but because their facility, their specific facility that our trash hauler uses can't recycle them. Um, so I think that's an, an important factor that I never, um, or that I didn't think about when I first started this job a couple of years back. Um, cause I wasn't aware of it. So trying to provide very specific recycling is important. Um, the other thing is that you can recycle glass, but you cannot do it in your curbside. So we are fortunate that Coweta County has, I think 10 or 12 compactor sites, mm -hmm. um, throughout the County. You can go and take your glass there. Um, and then the other thing that I think is important is we always forget, or I do, we talked about the bigger things that can't go through the equipment. I think it's imperative to realize that you can't put some of those other smaller things through the equipment as well. So like lids, um, if you do recycle your lids, which you can do in our, um, in our thing on our curbside containers, screw, you know, smash your containers up, your plastic jars, if you can, or your bottles, get, get the air out of them and then screw the lid back on so that it doesn't get lost in the process. And then that way that plastic can be recycled as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other big thing is don't, don't bag your recycling. Do not put your recycling in a bag in your container on the curb yes. <laughs> because when those guys come through in those trucks, they could care less if they're in a bag um, and they're going to throw that bag and everything else. And then that bag becomes a problem when it gets to the MRF and it, it gets stuck in all of the mechanisms and the wheels and the, all the things. And so it, it actually can cause some problems when it gets to the facility to be processed. So it's important to not bag your recycling, which it's going to take a lot of learning for some people because yes. um, it's so much easier to throw a bag in that has all your plastic in it versus having to um, dump it all out. But try and remember that you don't recycle those plastic bags in your curbside. So, um, so jugs, jars, bottles for plastic, you can screw the lids back on for sure. Aluminum cans, um, cans for food, drink cans, those things for sure. Do your best to make sure they're empty in the sense that don't leave a bunch of green beans in the bottom of a can when you throw it in your recycle bin, because that's gross, first of all. And second of all, it's not good for recycling. It's contaminating it, so don't do that. Paper's good. You can 
you know, I would encourage you obviously not to put personal papers in there, but certainly your um, cardboard boxes from your cereal boxes, you can condense those down and, um, you know, paper bags, things like that, that are clean and free from grease or food waste is important. So you could put those in there too. Yes. Those are great tips. And I just want to reemphasize that Coweta County does have the compactor sites where you can recycle things because I live in an apartment and we don't have recycling. So every like two weeks, I pack up my car, take all my cardboard and my plastics, my glass, aluminum cans, and go down to Selt Road and just, you know, spend like five, 10 minutes dumping everything. And I feel so good about myself. I'm like, (laughs) I am doing my part. I know me too. Well, that's where I end up taking mine there too, because we live out in the County as well. And, and I think people just don't realize that that's an opportunity that is not, doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of time to get over there and and take it. And and it reduces what you've got to actually throw out, which does make a difference in the long run. So exactly. Yes. Yes. I hope you all gained some good insight from this conversation and learned some new tips about recycling and maybe some myths that you believed were true that were broken. Keep Noon and Beautiful is a great organization and there are different affiliates throughout the country. So check if there is an affiliate in your city or in a city next to you where you can volunteer your time and just learn more about how your city is doing things to be more green. Thanks to Paige for coming onto the show. And again, be sure to check out the YouTube video if you want to watch the full interview. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any question, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can and be sure to watch the full video on YouTube. Also, big thanks to today's sponsor, Ren. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and for the health of the planet. Thanks for listening.